Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. And you're in for a real treat today. Some of our greatest friends, some of our best friends, our best friends. We just got that on. Pastor Kevin and Melissa are here. Pastor great churches in two churches in Phoenix, one church in Oklahoma City that was almost dead and now is thriving. He's a leader of a great apostolic ministry of knitting churches together for the glory of God. And uh, he's on our board of directors, he and she both. And today we have our board of directors meeting and we're excited because we've had a great year because of your wonderful faithfulness and giving. But I know he's not a, he's not a guest here anymore. He's a part of the Father's house. His spirit travels here often with encouraging words. And so today I want you to give a warm welcome to Pastor Kevin Goff as he comes today. PK. Good morning, Leesburg. How y'all doing? Good. Hey, can I start off just a little different? I didn't plan on this, but I I, uh, struggled during that moment of worship uh, just to kind of get through it because I felt like there was a word the Lord had given me and specifically for someone here. So I don't, I'm not that guy that'll call someone out and, and make a big deal out of it because I think sometimes we make the attention about the, the person instead of what God wants to say. And so there's someone here, a couple, there's a couple here that you're really searching for the truth. And at first I thought maybe the wife was praying for the husband to find truth and maybe the husband praying for the wife to find truth. And you know, you, you and your past, you've jumped right into things. You've always jumped right into things. You were kind of known as the leader of the pack. Things didn't bother you. It didn't matter what it was. You didn't shy away from a fight, but somehow you come expect God to do everything for you. Can I just say this as like anything else? You just got to jump in. Come on, everyone say jump in. How many remembers the first time you ever jumped into God for the first time fully? Amen. It changed everything. So whoever that is, you're here and it's kind of something new and you're hoping that, you know, your family can come along. Just jump in. I know it's some guy in white pants telling you that, but I got my white pants. I got my white pants on. Uh, Yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, and so that word, uh, that word is for someone here. I'm just trying to tell you that, you know, church is not sometimes what we think and God sometimes isn't what we think, but you'll never know till you jump in. If you're waiting for God to show you, you didn't wait for a drug to show you. You didn't wait for a guy to show you how to throw a punch. You threw the first one. I don't know who I'm talking to altogether. I wish God would show me so I could just walk out into you afterwards, church, and say, I'm talking to you, buddy. And so, but here's what I do know. If you just, if you just jump in, you'll find out the water's good and life is good. Can you say amen? amen? It is great to be back in Leesburg, kind of just our family and our home away from home. We're here and we just love being here. And uh, our family that's here, we have so many relationships that we've, we've built through the years. It's hard to imagine uh, what it would be like if we'd never come here because God has done so much through the years to mit- just to knit our hearts together with so many of you. And of course, I, we say it all the time and I just want to make sure that we understand uh, your, your pastors, they're here and we always talk uh, each time we're here about how we met. But I just want to say I love you with all my heart. Uh, Pastor Terry and I, we talk constantly throughout the week. And, and uh, you, you have been blessed to have these pastors at this church for over 27 years. Come on. Really, you have been blessed for 27 years. And 
We just honor them and love them so much. And of course, sitting next to them is my beautiful wife, my best friend. I would not want to do this without her. I tried it before and it's no good. And so we just, we just love doing life together and we love doing what God has called us to do together. Can we pray? Father, we love you. We thank you for our time together. We thank you that your word is true. God, I pray that every person here would just open their hearts to receive what you have for them. God, that they won't think how it applies to someone else, a family member, one of their children, one of their spouses, but God, they'll take it in for themselves. Anoint their ears to hear what you have for them. And God, anoint my voice to say what you would have me to say for their lives. Father, we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, ever say amen. Uh, walking in, you should have received a piece of a puzzle. Did y'all receive that? If you did not receive a piece of a puzzle, lift your hand out. The ushers are gonna be ready to give it to you right now. Just lift it up high so they can see you. Only a couple, so let's get those passed out. I wanna make sure that everyone here has a piece of the puzzle. You got it lifted up. If you don't have one, if you don't have one, lift your hand up. If you don't have one, lift your hand up. That way they can get to you because it is vitally, vitally important for the purpose of what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, uh, we are in a series. You have been in a series around, I guess started last week, right? This is part two of the series, What Was I Thinking? Everyone say, what was I thinking? Uh, I would tell you this much. If you've never been in a position in life where you've asked yourself, what was you thinking? You lived a very protected life because everyone here can probably remember a time where we got into a situation we thought, what was I thinking? Uh, I know I've been there several times. And uh, I, I, when I think of this, I love the series. I love the topic because it's talking about renewing our minds. And, and uh, I, I've had to learn that through the years. I have a process I went through. I share it with people everywhere I go, on my phone, on my tablet, on my computer. Computer. I have the process I go through twice a day, but years ago I had to go through it much more often because of what my wife and I and our family had walked through. What was I thinking? Now, there's a foundational scripture, Romans chapter two. You had it last week. Here's what it says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, here's your memory verse they gave you last week that all of you took time to memorize, right? Here it is. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? Everyone say the renewing of your mind. So it's by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve. Listen to that. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, perfect, and come on, his good, good, is good. Everyone say the next word. What is it? Good, good, and perfect. So it starts that good, it becomes pleasing, and it winds up perfect. I don't know about you, but I like that idea that I can know the good, pleasing, perfect will of God. And that scripture is important to me. It's vital. It's part of my testimony. You might say, how vital is it? Well, I have a tattooed right here on my arm. It says, do not conform. Romans, big arms. Big, big Romans, my wife says, used to be. Um, but, but, but Romans 12, 2 has been a vital part of my life because there was a time I was under psychiatric care. There was a time I'd lost my mind. I was diagnosed with depressive bipolar. I was under 1,200 milligrams of lithium, and God healed my mind. At that time, I lost my moral compass. I lost my wife in marriage. I lost my family. I lost my church. I lost our ministry. I lost everything but God. Everyone say, but God. If we take the time to renew our mind, if we take the time to get rid of old thoughts, put in new thoughts, get the word of God in our heart, everything can change. Life can be better than you ever dreamed it can be because of the word of God. 
Now, we don't all know each other here. We don't know all about one another. We don't know what you like or dislike, what makes you tick, what ticks you off. We don't know a lot of things about one another, but here's one thing we do know. The quality of our thinking defines the quality of our life. The quality of our thought process and our thinking defines the quality of our marriage. It defines the quality of our life in general. So for, for instance, our attitude, our thought press process determines if we will work out, if we won't, if we will stay up on our bills, if we won't, if our marriage will be good or if it won't, if our attitude will suck or if it won't, or, or if we just go about our life wasting our time, it all depends on the way we think. Everyone say thinking. We got to think better. We got to have better thoughts. We got to take that stuff out that's there that confuses us, that gets us derailed, and we got to put in new thoughts. Our thinking determines the outcome of our lives. I know life is challenging. I understand that. My wife and I have had some challenges. Everybody has challenges, but our internal dialogue, our internal thoughts, our internal voice, the elevator music that plays in the backgrounds of our minds are so important, important in determining the quality of our lives. That's why, that's why the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a woman thinks in her heart, so is she. As a person thinks in their heart, so are they, amen? So the weak person or the strong person is determined by the total sum of their thoughts. If you think weak thoughts, lower thoughts, no good thoughts, you become weak, lower, no good people. But if you think God thoughts, higher thoughts, come on, word-defined thoughts, then you become a stronger person, a word-defined person, a marriage that's based on God's word, a family based upon God's word is always stronger than those whose minds run to the lower things of life, amen? So in that puzzle piece you have, as you hold it there and I speak, I want, you to, I want you to ponder a couple of questions as I go into these thoughts, into these next few points. And here are the questions I want you to think. A couple of questions I want you to answer is this. Am I missing some pieces in my life or am I the missing piece? Listen to me again. Am I missing certain pieces of my spiritual life or am I the missing piece? Ponder those questions as we go forward. Here's a few thoughts I want you to take home. You have the notes, follow along, let's get these done. Number one, if we're gonna renew our mind, number one, if we're gonna think better, number one, if we're gonna have a better life, here it is, learn to journal. Learn to journal. Now this will probably be the most common one of all the three principles I give today because a lot of you probably already journal. A lot of you already probably write your thoughts out. But my question is, what are you journaling? When you go back through your book, when you go back through your journal, what are you writing about? Your emotions, how your husband or wife made you feel, what your children did, what your last vacation was like. I'm here to tell you there's more to journaling than just journaling your life. It's about journaling to life. It's about making sure we're journaling the word of God. If we journal the word of God, we can elevate the way we think. Let me say it again. If we journal the word of God, we can elevate the way we think. Everyone say elevate the way we think. Well, let me say it like this. If you're trying to elevate the, 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 the level of your life, you have to first begin by elevating your thought process. 
If you're gonna have an elevated life, you gotta think elevated thoughts. You gotta think better thoughts. You gotta think better than you used to. You gotta get a new thought today that life can be better than it was yesterday. I do not compare myself to your life on Instagram. I do not compare myself in my life to you on Facebook. I compare my life to who I was yesterday. That way I wanna be elevated to be somebody today that I was not yesterday because I elevated my thought by the, by the fact that God has destined me to, to, to be something that I've never been. Amen? Look at someone and say, you have a destiny. Some of you lived in such a way you're not sure of your destiny. Maybe the couple I spoke to in the very beginning of this message, you're not sure what your destiny is. Well, I'm here to tell you God has a destiny for you. He wants to lift your level of thinking. He wants you to start writing down what he's saying to you. You might say, well, that's just a thought of my own. Though the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit's always coming and speaking to us things as we read the Bible. He'll say something to us. He'll grow us. He'll increase our capacity to think better. He'll lift us to a new thought process and before we know it, we'll be lifted to a better life. Come on, a new life, better than we ever dreamed possible. Look at someone and say, just get better. Writing is what I called thinking camouflaged, right? We just kind of write out what we're going through, what we're experiencing, and what we're, what, it helps people reflect it helps people analyze and helps people organize their thoughts. That's why we write things down. By journaling God's word, what I say, we can elevate our thinking. Come on, look at someone and say, elevate your thinking. Unchecked thoughts can lead to destruction. I remember years ago when, when my wife went through and I went through a divorce, before our divorce ever happened, I was thinking horrible thoughts concerning my wife. I thought, here I am trying to burn the world up. She's my only wet blanket. Keeps putting my flame out. She used to be my cheerleader, but then she quit cheering for me. You know, when we met, she was 15. She was a cheerleader. Then she quit cheering for me. Then I realized she was all cheered out because I was such a needy little boy. Any, any needy little man out there that your wife's all cheered out because you make her cheer for you all the time, rah, rah. How about this? The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. David wrote out Psalms. David knew what it was to journal God's word and God's voice. How many of you today need to learn how to journal God's voice, become your own cheerleader, encourage yourself in the Lord? That's what thoughts of God's word will do for you and I, amen? Come on. Here's what God said, because people tend to forget their purpose that God has for them, the destiny God has for them. People that don't take inventory of their mind, they, they don't end up at a specific destination because they're going nowhere. They eventually end up just where their emotions led them. Then they make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions, and that's always disastrous. So we have to regather our thoughts. We have to say, how would God want me to do it? What would God say? Well, I found a story in the Bible, and I love this, in the book of Deuteronomy, where God is setting this king up, and here's what it says in the 17th chapter of Deuteronomy. And when he has been crowned and sits upon his throne as king, then he must copy these laws. Everyone say, write it down. He must copy these laws from the book kept by the Levite priest. That copy of the law shall be his constant companion. He must read from it every day of his life so that he will learn to respect the Lord his God by obeying all of his commands. This regular reading of God's laws will prevent him from feeling that he is better than his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from God's laws in the slightest respect and will ensure his having a long good reign. His sons will then follow him up on the throne. I love that. God says, write it out. 
Read it daily. Check out my laws. You won't, you won't start acting like you think you're better than someone else. And you won't forget it's me who gave you your life and everything you have is a blessing from me. You will rule long and your sons will follow you. Why? All because he began to write out God's word, read it daily, begin to take, come on, inventory of his own life. Amen? No, no, no. Think about this. Journaling helps us remember we're human beings, not humans doing. Journaling helps us remember we are human beings, not humans. humans do. Now, not just this king, not just me, but all of us together. We will have a propensity, a proclivity, if we're not careful, to get so busy doing that we forget we're supposed to be human beings. Being what? Being whatever God created us to be. Living the purpose that God gave us to live. Not being afraid of what people think concerning our life with God, but jumping in wholeheartedly into what God wants to do. Not, 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 not that God can prove himself to us, but that we can jump in and find out what he's really all about. We can lead the way for our family, for our spouse, for our children. We can be the answer to those around us that we can say, you know what? I know this, that God has an eternal plan for my life. I'm not going to waste my eternal reward for this temporary life I've been living. I'm going to think better. I'm going to write it out. I'm going to remember God. He's given me everything. Everything. Can you say amen? amen? Journal the word of God. It will help you remember it's not about us. It's all about him because we all have a tendency to forget that. We all have a tendency to think we got to find significance. We got to prove ourselves. We got to get more likes on Instagram. We get, tra- we, get, we get trapped in comparing our lives to other people. No, just sell out to God. And the Bible says in due season, he will lift you up. Well, pastor, I just want my turn. Well, just keep on growing. You will get due one day, amen? I remember a story I heard of this couple that's entering into their 80s, and they decided they were beginning to forget things. And so they had this conversation and said, let's help one another. Let's start writing things down so we don't forget. Later on that evening, they're sitting there, and, and the husband gets up, and she says, where are you going? He says, I'm going to the kitchen. She said, well, would you get me a bowl of ice cream? He said, sure. She goes, go ahead and write that down so you don't forget. And he says, I'm not going to forget a bowl of ice cream. So she said, yeah, but I, I, want, I want bananas on top of my ice cream. So will you go ahead and write that down so you don't forget? And he goes, I can remember two items. So finally she says, yeah, but I want, I want whipped cream on top of my bananas on top of the ice cream. So please write it down so you don't forget. Frustrated, he says, I'm going to go. I won't forget. He's gone 20 minutes. He comes back later and he hands her a plate of bacon and eggs. She stares blankly at the plate, stares blankly at him, then finally goes, you forgot my toast. <laughs> Come on, look at someone and say, you better write it down. Because we all have a tendency to forget, amen? Here's the second point, number two, declutter the mind. We have to learn to declutter the mind. Listen, if you think your mind's not being bombarded every day with negativity, you are absolutely wrong. We live in a culture that is sick. We live in a culture that they're teaching things to our children in school that we're not even paying attention to. We have to wake up. We have to declutter our thoughts. We cannot allow ourselves to be programmed after this world. That was your memory verse last week. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't think it's okay. Everyone's doing it. No, not everyone's doing it because we're not doing it. My boys used to say to me, Dad, can I go to a party? I'd know all about these parties. How did I know? Because I used to go to these parties. Anyone ever been to those parties? You know, we've been to those parties. And I say, you're not going to that party. You're not going. He goes, Dad, everyone's going. I said, no, not everyone's going because you're not going. (laughs) Right? 
And so if we're not careful, we just give ourselves over to thinking like the world, being like the world, being conformed to the world, and we become a part of the world. No, no, no. We're called out from among darkness into his light. We're to inject this world with the, with the sense of right being. We're to inject this world with the sense of who God really is, right? Now, let me give you, let me give you three words you're all going to relate to. Life is busy. We all know that, busier than ever, right? We have, we have stuff at our fingertips 24-7, entertainment, whatever it might be, all the time it's around us. It don't bother me. I enjoy busy. I, busy makes me energized. I've got energy I've not spent yet. I want to be more busy. So my wife and I are asked all the time, how do you do it? You're always flying here. You're always going there. How do you do it? Here's what I say. God has graced me to do what he's called me to do. God has graced you to do what he's called you to do. And that's why the old saying is, if you want something done, ask a busy person. Why? Because they always find a way to get it done. Because there's always something in us. But yet, we're so prone not to be involved with what God has for us. We get so busy not understanding that there's an eternal purpose that God has for you and I. Can you say amen? Here's a scripture that backs up the idea. Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. Actually, here's the version I like of that scripture. It says, it is through him that we are able to live to do what we do, and to be who we are. As your own poets have said, we all come from him. Y'all with me? You know, there's a reason God created the earth for six days and rested on the seventh. It's not because God was tired. God, God didn't rest because he was tired. Y'all with me? The word rested literally means stopped creating. God worked for a full week, did all he needed to do, and then he stopped creating because he had completed the job. It's, it's indicative of our, and, and kind of a, it's kind of an example to us on our seven-day work week that we need a Sabbath. There's got to come a time where we stop our work week, we stop creating, and we rest. Why? Because we are going to declutter our minds. Everyone said declutter your minds. I don't rest because I'm tired. I just got through talking about the energy I have. My wife knows the energy I have. I rest because I want to get old thoughts out and put new thoughts in. Sometimes I want a different scenery so I can just relax. Sometimes I just want to chase my wife around on the beach for a week. Sometimes I just, y'all with me? Am I the only one that wants to chase my wife around on the beach for a week? I thought I'd get a big amen. I thought I'd hear guys, yeah! Right? I mean, this is real stuff. So it's not like I just got to get away because I don't know how to think. I don't know what to think. No, sometimes this world presses in and we got to analyze. We got to think through. We got to rest. We got to relax. We got to recover our thoughts. We got to get rid of those things that have been pressing us. And we got to add in the thoughts of God. I want to say the thoughts of God. In fact, I don't believe there should just be a decluttering once a week. I think there should be a daily decluttering. I think there should be a daily decluttering. That's our entire life, our entire life. And we should think about that, right? Prioritizing sleep, movement, exercise, whatever you want to call it. How about this? How about some quiet moments of meditation? Everyone say meditation. meditation. See, that, that word's been beat up through the years because we see that some Far East. No, they ripped God off. Meditation's talked about all through the Bible. The way God healed my mind was I started through meditation. What was meditation? I blocked out all the noise. I blocked out all the other voices. I blocked out all the, the chaos. And I would just quietly at my desk think of the bigness and the goodness of God concerning my life. I dare you to try it 
if you've not been meditating, most people can't quiet their minds for one minute without it drifting somewhere to think about the goodness of God, to think about the bigness of God. No, no. In fact, some of you are afraid to be alone with your thoughts because your thoughts have been so far deposited deeply that you can't recognize how to get them out anymore. They've become a part of you. Well, here's how you do it. You become a new you, a new word, the word of God. It renews our mind. Come on, then we're transformed. There's a metamorphosis that takes place. We're no longer who we used to be because now we're new in Christ Jesus. And once we're new in Christ Jesus, how many knows we have to keep renewing ourselves in Christ Jesus, daily renewing ourselves in Christ Jesus. Come on, look at someone and say, it's a daily job. Well, what's the importance of decluttering? What are we doing when we're decluttering? I'm glad you asked. Here it is, 2 Corinthians 10. We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. When I was on lithium, I couldn't think for myself. They, 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 they put me on that medicine. I thought, I'm not living here the rest of my life. All of a sudden, I would sit on the edge of my bed, and I would take the scripture, and I would envision myself leading every thought captive as prisoners to Jesus Christ, handcuffed. And I would, I would go through the renew in my mind, Romans 12, 2. I'd go through Philippians 4, think on these things. And daily, throughout the day, I would go through my verses, and I would get something new. What was I doing? I was casting down that thing that told me I was no good. I was casting down that thing that said, you can't think for yourself. I was casting down that thought that said, you're going to be on medicine the rest of your life. I was casting down that image and said, you're going to be under psychiatric care the rest of your life. No, no. My father said something different. Jesus, come on. He can take out the old and put in the new. It's time to declutter your life. Everyone say declutter. declutter. Our minds, our minds should never allow rental space for negative thoughts. Why are you letting all that negativity up in you? Why are you letting that, that one person that grinds you and bugs you back in your mind? Why are you written space? Why are you letting that situation where you lost that business deal? Why, why are you letting that situation where that person said something evil to you? Why are you letting that situation where your father said you'd never mount anything? Why are you letting that person rent, rent space in your mind? It's time to declutter, time to get it out, and only know and know only what God has said concerning your life. Hmm. See, some of you, you look around like, what did God say concerning me? You need to find that out. Because I promise you, it'll elevate your thinking. It'll elevate the way you live, amen? Look at someone and say, I need to declutter. <laughs> Lastly, number three, let me give you this third point. Lastly, number three, think beyond our comfort zone. We have to think beyond our comfort zone. Let, let me ask you, it's not a trick question. How many here can say you're comfortable with your life? It's not a trick question. You can be comfortable. I'm comfortable with my life. I love my life, I love my wife, I'm comfortable with my wife, but I don't want my marriage to just get comfortable. I wanna make sure we're stretching, I wanna make, sure make sure we're growing, I wanna make sure that we're knowing and understanding one another, because she changes. <laughs> that person you're with, they're, they're not gonna be the same, y'all, sorry. How many has been married more than 10 years? How many has been married? <laughs> this could be a while. How many has been married more than 50 years? Well, y'all know what I mean. They change. How many has been married more than 10 minutes? <laughs> you know too, they change. <laughs> Doesn't matter. People are constantly changing. My wife loves pink one day and the next day is no longer her favorite color. I could order for her anywhere and I could order, but I can't order anymore because I don't know what she likes anymore. But what I've determined is our, our, our marriage will be comfortable together, but won't be so comfortable that it won't continue to grow 
and stretch and change and keep hope alive and keep romance alive and keep our love flowing. Can you say amen? amen. When's the last time we spent time with people smarter than us? When's the last time we faced one of our biggest fears? When's the last time we decided to go for that dream we thought was dead, but decided to go ahead and resuscitate it and do it anyway, in spite of what people said? How comfortable are you at starting a conversation with a complete stranger about Jesus? Oh yeah, now I'm stretching some of your comfort zones, right? Uh, any limitations placed in our life, they're not placed there by God. They're placed there by our thought process. They're placed there by us, right? It, it is your enemy that wants to confuse you. It is your enemy that wants to tell you you're not capable. It is your enemy that wants to tell you you're not smart enough. It is your enemy that wants to destroy you and, not, and, and have you believe you don't have a destiny, right? He wants to confuse you. Everyone say, confuse me. This sounds like the devil, but it was Harry Truman. <laughs> Here's what he said. If you can't convince them, confuse them. Why does it sound like the devil? Because there's so many Christians who come to church week after week that they're not going to give up their faith. They're not going to give up on Jesus. But the devil has confused them about their destiny. The devil has confused them about their potential. The devil has confused them about their impact, their influence. The devil has confused them about what it is to jump whole, wholeheartedly into church and wholeheartedly into him. The devil has into God. The, the devil has confused us. He don't, he don't come to convince us because he knows your faith is too strong. But if he can just hold you back from your destiny, destiny delayed is the devil's delight. Destiny delayed is the devil's delight. Why? Because you're not making a difference for the kingdom. <laughs> I read the story of two men shared a hospital room and they became friends. One man sat by the window and could set up an hour a day. The other man was away from the window, couldn't see anything. And so every day, the man that was by the window would tell his friend what was outside and what it was like in living color. Oh yeah, I wish you could see outside. It's Sun setting over the city landscape right now. The grass is so green. The flowers are so beautiful. There's kids out there kicking a ball and couples walking through the park holding hands and the pond, the ducks floating across. It's so beautiful. Well, it wasn't very long after that, the man that was by the window passed away. So the other fellow got the, got the bed by the window. First day he got there, he propped himself up, looked out the window and it shocked him because all he could see is a just a gray drab wall. There was nothing there but a gray drab wall. It confused him. He couldn't understand what was going on. So he finally said to the nurse, what, what, why did my friend describe outside with such glowing detail and colors? And she said, I have to be honest with you. Your friend was blind. He couldn't even see the wall. He just wanted to encourage you. I just want to encourage you today. I'm here to just try to encourage you today. Here's the good news. I'm not blind. I've seen the goodness of God. I've seen the power of God at work in my life. I've seen the restoration grace of God in my family, in my marriage. I've seen God restore the things I tore up. I've seen a God that loved me even when I was on crystal meth, out beating people up in a safe way. You might say, you ain't big enough to beat anyone up. Test me. We'll just see about that. I'll hit you when you're not looking with something. Trust me. I never said I'd fight fair. 
But even in that moment, Andrew, in that moment, there was this God. He said, I've never taken my hand off you. There was this God, Steve, that said, I've never taken my hand off you. There was a God, Travis, the same God with you that says, I've never taken my hand off you. The same God at, well, I don't know about you, but just kidding. That God has his hand on you. That God has his hand on that couple that he spoke to privately in the beginning of this message. I just want to encourage you. 1 Corinthians 2. Here's, here's what I see. 1 Corinthians 2. But it's just as the scriptures say, what God has planned for people who love him is more than eyes have seen or ears have heard. It has never entered our minds. In other words, we can't even imagine the goodness that God has for us. We can't even imagine the power that can reside within our life. We can't even imagine the impact and the influence we can have. Here's another one of my favorites, Ephesians 3.20. Now glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. As I close, let me give you the truth. Truth is we all have two minds a carnal mind and a spiritual mind. The carnal mind is after the lower nature that we're born into, a sinful nature. The carnal mind thinks only about what we want, what makes us happy, what's pleasing to us, our senses. The spiritual mind is governed by the Holy Spirit of God. He tells us what is good, what is right. He adds to us years. He does things for us. There's beyond our wildest dreams as we just read, two minds. The thing is, whichever mind you feed the most is the fruit you will grow in your life. Whatever you spend your time thinking about is the fruit that will be in your garden. This is where most people struggle with thinking of leaving their comfort zone, stretching beyond. When my wife and I were having our second child, we had our first boy, then she got pregnant again and it turned out to be twins. My wife's, my wife's tiny. You see her sitting here. and When she carried those twins, she only gained 35 pounds. It was all belly. <laughs> just, there's this little thick woman with belly. Look like, like that right there. Like me about 10 years ago. And, and, and because of that, she'll tell you to have these boys. It required time. It required effort. There was pain and stretch marks. Anything worth having is going to cost you something. Here's my thought. We're supposed to be growing the kingdom of God. We're supposed to be populating heaven and plundering hell. We're supposed to use our influence for the people and the friends and the family members around us to show them who Jesus is. When you stand before your maker, is he going to see stretch marks in your faith because you were growing the kingdom? Did you get uncomfortable enough to make a difference around you? Or did you just conform to what the world did, conform to what, what was happening? Hmm. Good question, isn't it? In fact, here's a better question. If the world ended today, and judgment happened today. Is there anybody in your mind right now that you would think, you know what? I don't want to see them lost. I got to move from intention to action. So what pieces are missing when it comes to getting a new thought? Well, maybe you're inactive. Maybe instead of pieces missing, maybe you're the missing piece. 
Maybe you're finding every excuse not to jump into growth track. Maybe you're you're finding every excuse not to attend regularly. Maybe you're finding every excuse not to be in a small group. Maybe you're the missing piece to someone else being renewed. Maybe you're the missing piece to saving someone else's life. I don't think people think this way often. I think the average Christian even just goes through life not really thinking about these things. I do feel, feel like maybe these are some of the missing pieces in our spiritual life, journaling. Everyone say journaling putting our thoughts on paper, re- reviewing them every day, decluttering the mind, leading our thoughts to obedience to Jesus and thinking beyond our comfort zone, the things of the Spirit. That's the question that I want to ask. And that question brings us to our memory verse this week. You ready? Y'all get this ready because I know you're going to memorize it. Romans 8, 5. People who live following their sinful selves think only about what they want. But people, those who, those who what? Live following the Spirit are thinking about what the Spirit wants them to do. You see the difference? You have two minds. What are you growing in your garden? What are you producing in your marriage? What are you showing your children? What are you discovering for your life that you can hand off to someone else that you don't have those pieces missing anymore? And by all means, you're not the missing piece. Let me just pray because they started the music. It's like I'm at the awards and they're closing me down. I'm just kidding. I told them when to come up. <laughs> I just want to see if I can get anyone to bless you. Father, I just pray for every person that's here right now. God, I pray they'd begin to see that they are the apple, you are, they are the apple of your eye, that you care for them and love them so deeply. It's more than they can even imagine. More than they can even think. More, more than they could ever dream the love you have for them. Now, before I say a couple of things, everyone look at me just for a moment. That piece that you have in your hand, that, that, that puzzle. I want to show you something here real fast. Can you bring me that? Travis, he's an officer. You just stand there and model it for me, would you? You just look so pretty. You're such a good-looking guy. All together... This is the image we make up. That's what you're holding. Jesus with his sheep. Jesus just leading this flock. Here's the thought. And I want you to know this. I hope you put that on your sink. Tape it to your mirror, your refrigerator, so you can always remember in the coming weeks about the missing pieces you might not have and about not being the missing piece because somebody needs you. I don't need a small group. Maybe a small group needs you. I'm good. Maybe someone else isn't good that you can help get good. There's more to it than just us in our natural mind. There's a spiritual mind we need to grow in. Can you say amen? So heads bowed just for a moment, eyes closed. Maybe here you can say, Pastor Kevin, I know Jesus. I'm talking to you that are born again now. I know Jesus. I know I'm born again. I know I'm going to heaven. But while you were giving your talk today, I felt God deal with me. I felt God's spirit deal with me. And some of the things you said, I know I need to make some alterations in, some adjustments. I need to mature in my faith. I need to, I I just need to implement. I need to find some missing pieces. And some of what you said today, I think are some of that. And, And you want to grow in a way of asking for prayer. And you want to grow and you want us to pray for you for that in a way of asking for prayer. Although you're born again, just just slip your hand up and right back down saying, pray for me. Good, 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 good. So many hands, so many hands. Thank you. Father, I pray for every one of these believers. The Holy Spirit, you so tenderly spoke to our hearts about some missing pieces. 
or about us being the missing piece. You spoke to us in such a way that we can't deny it's you. So Father, we stand in faith with them that they'll never be the same in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit, you'll bring this teaching back to the remembrance in the coming days, weeks, months, and even years of this moment of decision they made to change, to grow, to make these adjustments. Father, we thank you for that. Now, one more question, my heads are bowed. It's a question I never close the service without asking, do you know Jesus as your Lord? I'm not asking you if you went to church as a child, you were baptized as a baby, or if you're a good person. Those things are cool, but they won't get you to heaven. The Bible says we've all sinned because, because Adam sinned, one man sinned, sin passed through all of us. Sin separates us from God, so we're born in sin, born separated from God. The Bible goes on to say, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness for sins. In the Old Testament, that's why they would kill a lamb, an animal. They would sacrifice that animal. The high priest would take the blood and offer that blood in ceremonial fashion to, couple the people, to cover the people's sins for one year. But because a man sinned, ultimately a man would have to die. That's why Jesus came to earth in the form of a man. He lived a perfect life, never knowing sin, born of a virgin, Mary. At the end of his life, they led him to a cross where he laid his life down, spilling out his blood. His blood doesn't cover sin for one year. His blood obliterates sin. Good. Once and for all, past, present, future sin dealt with in Jesus. Three days later, they buried him, but he rose from the dead, conquering sin and death because he loved us that much. The grave couldn't hold him. <laughs> this is salvation. Listen carefully. The book of Romans tells us, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That is salvation. Believe in Jesus as the Son of God, confessing him as your Lord. If you've not done that yet, then heaven's not your future. What is being saved? Well, first of all, saved from empty life in this earth, that void, that chasm, that emptiness. You try to fill it with drugs or alcohol, parties, relationships, business, money, career, hobbies, busyness. But you still say there must be more to life than this. And there is, but it's not somebody. I mean, it's not something, it's someone. His name is Jesus. Secondly, he's saved into a place called heaven. When this life is over, eternity begins. It's heaven or hell. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not even talking to you about hell. I'm trying to tell you about heaven. Jesus has prepared heaven for you. But Jesus also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father, which is in heaven, but by me. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, people praying, I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to put a spotlight on you. I just want to pray for you right there, like I prayed for the others. But if you're here right now, you want to know Jesus. You need to confess Jesus as your Lord. You want to know heaven's your future. You want to lead your family in the right direction. And if that's you, come on, as these others already have, just slip your hand up and right back down. Just slip it up. God bless you. There's one. God bless you. Two, three. God bless you. There's four. Someone else. Someone else just slip your hand. God bless you. There's five. You can put it right back down. Thank you so much. Someone else. God bless you. There's six. You can put it right back down. Thank you so much. Is there someone else? You just, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor Kevin, that's me. Include me in that prayer. I want to know Jesus. I want to know heaven's my future. Come on. Will you join these individuals? to say, Pastor Kevin, include me in that prayer as well. I just want to know that heaven's my future. All right, I'm going to pray this prayer. Those of you that lifted your hand, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me, not by yourself. Everyone here that is born again, I'm going to ask you to sit with them. Let's support them. Can we say this together? This is the prayer of confessing Jesus. Those of you online, this is that prayer you can pray as well. Let's say it together. Father, come on, everyone together. Father, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's your son. I believe he died on the cross. He was buried and rose again. Jesus, 
I confess you now as my Lord, my Savior. Forgive me for my sin. Make me new. From this day forward, I place my life completely in your hands. And I place myself in a local church to learn more of you, that through greater knowledge of who you are, I will grow in deeper love with you. Come on, welcome these to the family of God. Celebrate, church, come on. Come on, celebrate. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.